Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Today, I'm going to be teaching on um, a very wonderful topic. It is also one of the most provocative topics we are going to talk about. Some of you, I am very glad for you that you get to hear these words right now. Praise the Lord. Others of you, I'm glad for you that finally you get to hear these words. Hallelujah. And to some others, uh, I am glad. By the way, some people, uh, this is one of those sermons that is going to go viral. Because of its nature. And so I want to welcome every one of you online. Uh, I, I, I want to welcome all of you who are listening in for the first time because of the topic we are talking about. And, uh, and I want to welcome those of you who are listening to this sermon two years after it has been preached. Uh, let's welcome them. Let's make them happy. Uh, because this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Marriage... Divorce and remarriage. Uh, it's very important that we talk about uh, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. For those of you who are not yet married, uh, it will help you greatly because you will enter something you understand called marriage. Or you will choose not to enter. And for those of you who are already married, this someone is going to help you so much to stay married. I like the excitement in the house. And for those of you who are divorced, this someone is going to help you so much. Encourage you in so many different ways. And for those of you who remarried after a divorce, let's go. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to start because marriage is God's idea. Marriage represents a covenant. A covenant that God has with his people. When God looks at men, you and I, ladies included, he feels, he thinks, he delights in calling you his bride. In fact, this is going to be the reason for the rapture. Yes, the rapture is Jesus coming and taking us for a wedding, a seven-year wedding ceremony. Yes, it is the marriage supper of the Lamb that we are going to go on where our husband, Jesus Christ, 
is going to take us his bride, the church. And for seven years, we are going to be at a wedding. His, we will be attending our wedding ceremony with our actual husband. All the men in this room say amen. amen. Because on that day, all the men, you will be putting on white gowns and a crown. Praise the Lord. And you will be walking majestically. Praise the Lord. We may, since we are Ugandans, we may put in that song, Samba Gaunio Samba, something like that. Hallelujah. What a wow indeed. Praise the Lord. Now, however, because marriage is God's idea, the devil will fight marriage. Satan never leaves marriage alone. Satan will fight marriage. And, uh, and so I want us to start from reading the book of Colossians chapter 2 verses 8 in order to put this whole conversation in proper context. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verses 8 says these words. Let's read them together. I want you to read louder and online I want to also hear you reading, okay? One, two, three, let's go. Uh-huh. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. I like this scripture because it frames all born-again conversation. That as a born-again Christian or as a Christ follower, as a son of God, all our conversations about whatever topic of life we should be handling we should be aware. By the way, a lot of people read that word as beware. But that word is literally actually read be aware. Oh yes, English can be difficult. Praise the Lord. But he says, be aware. I want you to pay close attention. Because as you live in this world, you can be cheated. Taken advantage of. Conned. Do you understand? And there are three things you should look out for that will cheat you. Number one is philosophy and empty deceit. What is philosophy? Philosophy uh, uh, comes from the word phileo. Philo. Yeah? Which is a form of wise thinking, like you are thinking logically and, and sophia, yeah? Sophia, philosophia, like you are thinking a lot about things, you're reasoning. So there are certain things that are reasonable. Do you understand? When you think about it, it makes reasonable sense. And the Bible says a number of things in this world that make reasonable sense 
can be deceptive and they can cheat you if they are not according to Christ. Therefore, every one of your reasons, are you still paying attention? Every one of your reasons must be according to Christ, not just mere thinking. Number two, he says, another way you can be cheated is by tradition. And especially you as an African, when it comes to marriage, Africans, you have a lot of traditions. You have a lot of traditions. And those traditions, you must check that those traditions do not conflict with what Christ teaches us. And number three, he says, according to the basic principles of the world. This is how the world does things. Be careful how the world does things. Let me give you, for example, a few uh, things. Um, uh, traditionally, for example, um, in, in, Baganda, for, in the Baganda culture, the Baganda women usually have what is called a kachi, a kasente kechichala, Do you get it? Uh, there are all these traditions that you, when you come in marriage, you may bring in marriage which are not necessarily according to Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, this, then there is the basic principles of this world, how the world operates. For example, these days, when I'm talking to my young ladies, I tell you, young ladies and young men who have not yet gotten married yet, kill a word called dating. Kill it. Remove it from your vocabulary. It's nowhere in the Bible. It's not there. Dating is demonic. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But the world will tell you, uh -uh, you first know them before. Uh, you know those things, eh? Basic principles of the world, but not according to Christ. So, and, and by the way, even as I am teaching you these things, you are going to be fighting. Your head is going to be fighting. Because it knows certain things. It has certain philosophies. It has certain traditions. And it thinks of how life works. And that is the problem that Jesus usually had with the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees used to mix God's ways with traditions and philosophies and principles of how this world works. And so Jesus would always come and try to bring them away from their tradition into who he is. He is the offer of life. Do you understand? And so young boys who are here, you know, a lot of boys who have never had sex because they are not married, other boys will laugh at them. And yet God looks at you and says, wow, pure. 
years. A lot of young ladies who are not yet married, the world looks at you and says, Fala. Fala is not an English word. Praise the Lord. And yet, in reality, the Bible looks at you and says, Holy. Come on, I'm preaching good. Do you understand? So you can't be walking according to what the world says. You can't be walking according to what your mama and Senga said. No, you can't be walking according to what your friends said. You must be walking according to Christ. And so the Pharisees, they had all these traditions and things and they used to use these traditions to try to trap Christ. So one day, Jesus was teaching. And the Bible says, uh, the Pharisees came and asked him. Now, we are going to read two scriptures that are, are speaking, uh, where it's the same day. But they are recorded by both Mark and Matthew. We'll start with Mark. Yes. Mark chapter 10, by the way, Mark's words, he gets them from Peter. So Peter didn't know how to write, just knew how to talk. But, uh, but Mark was close to Peter. So Peter told Mark, write, this is what Jesus said, I was there. That's why you need to go to school, otherwise your children will write for you. Hallelujah. Now, uh, so Mark chapter 10 from verses 2 to 12, it says... The Pharisees came and asked Jesus, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? So do you see that they are doing what? They are trying to trap him. Because they know what the law says, but they have changed the law. They know what it should be, but they have changed it. So Jesus, he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. Liars. But Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, after he told them, his disciples came to him in the house. His disciples asked him about the same matter. Say, is it lawful really for a man to divorce his wife? So he answered and said to them in verses 11. Let's read those words together. Uh-huh, two, three, go. Verses 11. So he said, uh-huh. Let's start from whoever. Two, three, go. Whoever divorces his wife 
and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Okay, Matthew records the same incident and adds a few words in there. So let's go to Matthew chapter 19 from verses 3 to 9. Again, the Bible says the Pharisees also came to him, again testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And part of it here it was, uh, is that uh, people were just divorcing women and wives if you didn't cook very well. If if he felt like you didn't kneel down properly. And all they needed, all they needed according to the law was a written certificate. Oh yes. Now, he answered and said, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Then they said, why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? Now, listen, they are quoting a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, what they are quoting looks like this. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24. So this is what Moses had written for the Israelites. And they used it to just give their wives certificates of divorce. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanliness in her, as in something he doesn't like in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hands, and sends her out of his house. When she has departed from the house and goes to another man's house, now first of all, let's ask, right there, is Moses telling them, go and give a certificate to your wife for divorce. Is that what he's telling them? No. He is narrating to them a scenario that, has, that is happening. He's saying, when a man comes and finds a woman he has married, and he says, I don't like you, and he writes a certificate of divorce and says, like, go away, I don't like you. Uh, leave my home, leave my house. And he says, if he does that and puts her out of his house, when she has departed from his house and goes and becomes, and goes and becomes another man's wife, if the latter husband detests her, now the latter is the second husband who has married her, now again detests her. <laughs> Let's chase this. Praise the Lord. Spirit of rejection. Praise the Lord. Fire. 
some people are not happy. This someone is nice. Praise the Lord. If the latter husband detests her and writes a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, the second husband. Oh, if the second husband dies, who took her as his wife? Then her former husband, who divorced her in the first place, must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled. Do you see the implication here? It means that the first husband who first married the woman was her husband. When the woman went and married the second husband, she got defiled. So the reason the first husband now can't take her back is because she is defiled. Banange, these are not my opinions. I also found it there. It's not my philosophy. I'm not trying to reason it. Glory be to God. He says, for that is an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So, what Moses is telling them is, you guys, you have these practices you are doing. But if you do those practices, you give your husband and your wife, if you give your wife a certificate of divorce and she goes, she better not be married because if she does and you want to marry her again, you can't. You can't, and the reason you can't is because she has now been defiled. And if you do, you are causing sin in the land. So now when you go back to, when we go back to the scriptures we've been reading in Matthew and Mark, you realize why Jesus says in verses 8 of Matthew, he says, uh, when they say to him, they, why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? He says, and put her away. He said an answer to them. Are you still following? That Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. So this lines very well with what God says, that God hates divorce. He says, when divorce happens, when a man puts away his wife, or when a wife leaves the husband, it is because of hardness of heart. And he permitted you to do that because of the hardness of your heart. But in the beginning, it was not so. Why? Because in the beginning, he made them male and female. And then he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So then, he says, so then, or one no, they are no longer two. They are one. They are one. And because they are one, 
whatever God has joined together, let no man separate. In other words, you cannot separate by a certificate of divorce, you can't separate a man and a woman. It is why I, I tell you, my children, get married in church. Because what God has joined here, there is no law, there is no certificate you can be given that can separate it. Now, if you go and get married in a court, the court can separate you. But if you covenanted before the Lord, there is no court. There is no law, man-made, that can separate you. However, Moses says, that certificate, Jesus is saying, that certificate, Moses told you to have it because the, the hearts are hard. And I am telling you, you can look at me like that 10,000 times, but you know how hard your heart can be. How hard my heart can be. Let me tell you, all of us as believers, we have, we have, we have participated in sinful acts after 10,000 reminders by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, don't walk with her. Don't go and you are like, Holy Ghost. And he goes, let go of her hand. Let go of his hand. The hardness of your heart. Mama. May the Lord rescue us from the hardness of the heart. Because I am preaching to you and I love that I can preach to you right now so that when a time comes, I can point to you and say, Get, let's soften it. So, it is the hardness of heart that Jesus and Moses is dealing with because he's like, in reality, in reality, um, men will be so hardened, women will be so hardened, they will let go. I, I know of uh, an example, uh, a, a gentleman, I, and I think I've told you this before, uh, a gentleman got married here in Kampala, he had a very nice job with a very wonderful organization, and, and they got married, and the woman kept saying, honey, I'd always dreamed that my honeymoon will be in London, uh, it, it, I had always dreamt that my honeymoon will be in London, and so the, the, the man at on the wedding day, surprised her with two tickets. Said, we are going to London for our honeymoon. We are going to spend three weeks in London. 
and what a joy. And they went and they had adventure in London and ever. And then after three weeks, he told her, we need to pack and go back home. I need to go back to my job. The lady looked at him and said, sir, Sebu, I am not going back to Uganda. And the man said, but I have my job. We have nothing here. He said, me, I don't know. By the way, let me tell you. It, has, or it had always been my dream to be in England. Me, I want to be English. In fact, I have never dreamt of marrying a black man. Look, she said words like, Sebo Gwewali Dala. Yes, you were a step to where I needed to go. So, sir, please, you can go. Me and you, I'm okay. It's okay. Go find another one, whatever. Me, I have arrived. The man thought it was kidding. It was, ah, it's right, right. The, the, the man came back to Uganda alone after honeymoon. Waited for two years, three years. On the third year, he heard she had got married to a Muzung. Oh, yes. What do you do in such an incident? This is why, like on your wedding day, one of the lines will tell you to repeat, to speak, and we say to you, is that no one should enter this holy office. Brenda, are you listening? No one should enter this holy office without much thought and consideration. You guys who are not yet married, ladies who are not yet married, don't just papa because you are excited. Praise the Lord. Uh, and, and people have always asked me, Musumba, why are you so hard on people who are getting married? I am because I know this thing. You don't enter to come out. And if that's not the right person, my dear, oh, you can't come back and say, but he was not the right person. She was not the right person. And listen, if you are married, that is the person you married.
If you are married, that is the person. So he said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce. Now, these are God's, these are Jesus' words. Remember, we don't want to be according to any other, but according to Christ. He says, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. In other words, if from the beginning, God has never recognized divorce. Now, he says, and I said to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. Now, this scripture has also been a point of great controversy. And the reason is, um, is Jesus saying that whoever divorces his wife when she has committed, or her husband when he has committed sexual immorality, now, uh, and marries another, uh, commits adultery, if, but, but if there is sexual immorality, then there is no adultery. Now, no. When you read this text in its original Greek rendering, the exception clause, yeah, that accepts, yeah, the exceptional clause applies to the divorce part, not to the marrying part. There's what we call uh, phrase modifiers. Praise the Lord. There's what they call phrase modifiers. In every sentence, if you have a, a compound sentence, if you have a compound sentence, the compound sentence will have what is called a main clause. And then it will also have modifying clauses. And you must see which clause is the modifier modifying. Do you understand? So when you look at the clause, except for sexual immorality, it is modifying the, the, yes, the separation part. It's not modifying the marrying part. So Jesus is recognizing that there are instances where you can hurt your partner so badly, like in sexual immorality, that the differences are irreconcilable. Do you understand? And in that instance, then you can separate 
but you can't remarry. And there are four times when Jesus addresses the matter of marrying, divorce, and marriage. Four times. I've read you two. Let me read you the two others. I'm just going to read. I will not do much explanation. The, uh, the, the, other, the third part was in Luke chapter 16, um, verses 18, recorded for us. He says, let's read that one together. Two, three, go. Luke 16, 18. Go. Th- uh-huh. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 read prop- uh, harder. Let, let's read together. Online, help us. Two, three, go. Uh-huh. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Uh-huh. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits. Matthew again records another, is- the same instance like this in Matthew chapter 5 verses 32. Uh-huh. Hello. Uh-huh, first 31. Two, three, go. Uh-huh. Furthermore, it has been said. Omuria, yes, usually whenever he's countering the Pharisees, he tells them, it has been said, uh-huh. Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality, do you see it now? where it is uh, modifying, uh causes her to commit adultery and whosoever marries who is divorced commits. Hello? So Jesus' teaching about marriage is that when you marry someone, you become one. And therefore, what God has joined together, no one can put asunder. However, if you so hurt each other that you must stay away from each other, then stay away. But don't get, don't mix another person into this mix. Hello? It's too quiet in here, people online. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because when you marry a divorced person, in your, you know, usually for me, I think about it this way. I travel and I go to Mbale. I leave my wife in in Luzira, and I'm in Mbale. Are we still married? Are we sleeping in the same bed? I'm in Mbale. She's where? We are still? Now, if, if we hurt each other, God forbid, that she kicks me out of the house, God forbid, because me, I can't kick her out of the house. Uh... Praise the Lord. Um, just because I am now living 
in Mutungo and she's living in Luzira doesn't make us unmarried. It means we separated, but we are still married in God's eyes. So, if she gets another man, she's committing adultery. Fire, 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 go. Satan, don't come back. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Uh, in the same way, now, there have been people who have said, now, like the instance I gave you, she married a muzungu. And this guy had only married her for three weeks. What do you do? Ah, uh, listen. Another man's sin does not justify your own sin. It is like when they steal your TV. Do you go and also steal your neighbor's TV? Now the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul puts and summarizes Jesus' teaching like this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 10, he summarizes it this way. He says, uh, let's read together, two, three, go. Uh -huh. Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. So he's speaking from what Jesus was saying. I command, uh -huh. a wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she departs, so now you, you see, th th there are certain instances where uh, the differences are too big. You need to be apart, co. Praise the Lord. For example, uh, uh, for example, if you are in an abusive relationship, Muvile, uh, Muvile, we don't want you to die. Do you understand? Like the he says. A wife is not to, are we reading together? Uh-huh. A wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she departs, let her remain unmarried. Oh, be reconciled to her husband. Uh-huh. And a husband is not to divorce. Say amen. I said, say amen. amen. Now, when I was uh, researching and preparing for this sermon, I ran into a famous preacher who went down along with this chapter and he saw grounds for remarriage. And I hope one day he will see this sermon and hear my rebuttal. Um, but verses 12 it says but to the rest I not the Lord this is Paul speaking uh, and, and this is not to say that this is not scripture it is because God allowed that it be included so Paul is saying the other one I picked from Jesus this one it is I speaking inspired by the Holy Spirit 
So it is also scripture. We can't, we can't remove it from the Bible. It's part of the scriptures. He says, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But now they are holy. Hallelujah. That's why if Alana dies right now, she's going to heaven. Okay? Um, but if the unbeliever departs, Let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such a case. Now, this man of God uh, looked at that text and said, well, now that is grounds for you to remarry in case the person you married behaves and seems like they were unbelievers. I, I, I know of a, a friend of mine who his wife, actually even before he married her, we kept telling him, my friend, this one, you leave her. She's so beautiful. That woman is so beautiful. But the beauty stops on the outside. And we kept telling her. And she, he just told us, how do you measure someone's salvation? For me, this is the one. And everyone, including his pastors, his parents, everyone told him, leave this girl alone. He's like, me, this is the one I want. So, eventually he marries her. And after the first child... She stops going to church, stops doing anything. She begins, she begins clubbing and bringing alcohol at home and coming back anytime she wants. And she's just a mess. And then, after some time, she stops having conjugal rights with him. And she just is like, me, I don't want. I don't like you. I don't want. Now, after two years of him just being there taking care of the child and nothing is happening really, she becomes pregnant. And he's like, how? How? But they negotiate because he has convinced everybody this is the one. Me, I married. So they negotiate that properly and, and then they stay together. They stay together. Takes care of that child. Child is two years. She's like, me, I don't want those things. Now, after another year of me, I don't want, she's again pregnant.
blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, clearly, this is a lady that was not a believer, really. And so, my preacher friend sees that there then is grounds for my brother to get remarried. However, this is what the scripture says. If she departs, let him or her depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such case, but God has called us to peace. In other words, what, what the scripture is saying, that give that person what they want. Let them, don't just, don't hold them because they, they, they want to go. You, you are holding them, you are holding them. They are not believers, let them go. But you, you are a believer. You get it? And so, for who do you know, O oh wife, if you will save the husband or that? Praise the Lord. And so, the undeniable, the undeniable position of Jesus Christ is that marriage, number one, is uh, makes a man and a woman become one flesh. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So when it comes to divorce, God not only hates it, he simply doesn't recognize it. And so, if the hardness of your hearts kicks in so that you end up separating with one another, God is looking at you and he's like, you are there and you are here, but the covenant still combines you. And because it combines you, anyone who marries, one who had been married before, commits adultery. And the one, basically, on either side, it is adultery. Therefore, God's stand is that if you get married, you cannot marry another unless the partner is dead. In clear, and say to him, if such is the case, you ask for the kingdom's sake. Who is able to accept it? Let him accept it. And you wonder, oh, what does all this mean? Well, Eugene Peterson helped explain this for us in the message paraphrase of the Bible. And so um, in Matthew, in the message uh, paraphrase, he says, uh, Jesus' disciples objected. <laughs> they said, if those are the terms of marriage, we are stuck. Yes. If you are married, you are stuck. Then they say, then why get married? If we are stuck, why get married? And Jesus makes it very plain with these words. He says, not everyone is mature enough 
to live a married life. It requires, are you paying attention? It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Listen, friends, marriage is not for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. You know, there are people, you want to get married, but no one has asked. That's for ladies. Like, you, you want, but no one has what? Isn't that a reality? I know you, you are laughing because you have 10 who are coming to you. Uh, but there are people who have never been asked. They, or, they, or they were asked by the wrong person. <laughs> Do you understand? Like you are born again, you want a born again believer, only hajis are coming. And fire. Praise the Lord. And he says, but then there are others who have asked, but they've never been accepted. I know that experience. There are, there are several boys here. That's why you see they are looking very serious. Because they've never been accepted. Like, they've, they've asked. Now, do you see, I am not making these things up. They are there. <laughs> so, others never get asked or accepted. And some, there are some who decide... To not to get married for the kingdom's reasons. But if you are capable of growing, which means, which means there is room to grow into the largeness of marriage. Praise the Lord. Because some people are in marriage and they feel like Banang, I am stuck. I am suffocating. And, and the scripture is saying, but if you are capable of growing, in other words, there is room for growing into the largeness of marriage. And it says, if you are capable of growing into it, then get married. That's why I'm saying to you, if you are about to get married, if you're going to get married, if you want to be married, uh, uh, count the cost and know this is going to be a growth space. Yes. I married you when you were figure eight. Now you have become. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I need to grow. I need to grow. I need to grow. After all, I am the one who made you pregnant with five children. So I must grow in the largeness of marriage. Of marriage. I must grow. I must grow. I must grow. Uh, when I married you, you did not yet have uh, the first class jobs where you are in and out of the country. In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. But now you make 10 trips in one month. I see you two days. A week, where are you? Oh, yes, grow in the largeness of marriage. Grow, grow in the largeness of marriage. Grow. This audio sermon has been brought to you by the City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706 332 
or 0776 579 679.